Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Tavern Talk. Have you ever found yourself in this situation? So first, we're going to scale the walls, and then we'll take out that guard real sneaky-like, and then we'll open the door from the inside and flood our army in. And everyone around the table goes, yeah, yeah, that's a great idea. And then somebody else goes, yeah, but we could totally, like, climb through the cut down a tree and use it as a battering ram and bash open the door and charge in guns blazing. Then everybody around the table goes, yeah, yay, that's a great idea. And then somebody goes, yeah, but we could climb over the wall and take out the guard sneaky-like and then open the gates from the inside. Yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah, but we could use a battering ram and kick open the door. Yeah, that's a great idea. You ever found yourself in this situation? <laughs> yeah. If you have, this episode is for you. Alright, so we got the scenario. Let's define analysis paralysis. For those of you that have never heard the term before, analysis paralysis can affect many areas of a person's life. But in this specific situation, it is referring to the party continuing to analyze the situation over and over and over and over and not acting on it being paralyzed by their analysis of the situation. I have experienced this on both sides, and there's multiple reasons for it. We'll start with, as a dungeon master, it is... Infuriating isn't the right word, because your players, especially if both clans are equally viable, you're not upset that they're being creative, but they are stuck on in this position and you don't want to inform their decision too much but a decision does need to be made as a player in my experience it's often that nobody wants to take that first step and to be the more assertive one and that can be addressed in a multitude of different ways well, what's your experience with it, Megan? What's, what are your thoughts? Uh, definitely run into that as a player with me definitely agreeing with everybody's uh, proposed solutions. Because they are usually all pretty viable solutions to a certain issue or situation. And uh, yeah, and I know for me, I, I don't like to... Uh, shit in someone's cake or rain on their parade. Uh, basically anything that's got anything that has a chance of something really fun coming out of it is gonna get a yeah, that's a great idea out of me. Regardless of how many suggestions have already been batted around the table. And there's two different phases of analysis paralysis as well. There's the phase where there are seven different ideas on the table and everybody's still churning out new ideas that's not really paralysis though if they're still churning out new ideas the paralysis that's in when you've narrowed it down to two or three options and you just keep going over it but not acting so i've got two and a half suggestions for people say half because one of them is an offshoot of the second one <laughs> okay i've got a half suggestion we'll see if you if you call it. <laughs> the first and easiest thing to do is to put it to a vote. And everybody has to vote. And they only get one vote. 
this will, if you have an odd number of people in your party, this will always solve your problem. If you have an even number of people, this could leave you just as gridlocked. The second solution, which involves a little bit more finesse, is to elect a leader or a decider. Those two are very different. Uh, what was your idea, Megan? Um, rolling a die. <laughs> if you got six possible solutions, list them off and roll a d6. See what happens. If the party truly cannot come to any sort of consensus, then yeah, that's a viable option. And I think in that case, that's that's where the dungeon master or game master needs to step in and and tell the party you have to make a choice. You have to kind of force them, give them give them a sixty second time limit. In sixty seconds, you have to have an answer for them. Yeah. And uh, Professor Dungeon Master actually recommends using timers. If you haven't checked him out, I highly recommend his YouTube videos. He's got some really interesting ideas if some of them are a little odd <laughs> not to everybody's taste i just go check him out he's not paying for that either um but the dungeon master in that case can force a decision and in that case you could roll a die put it to a vote but i think that a better option for most parties is to pick someone early on to be the decider in the event that a party gets into that situation then the decider the dungeon master can look or the game master can look at your, your decider and go what is the party going to do and that person has to make a decision but they are not the leader the leader, you're, you're not in charge in of anything until that moment kicks in. Which is what different, differentiates it from the leader. Now, this one can get into some finicky territory, so this is definitely something to discuss as a party. But if the party elects or chooses a leader, and the person wants to be the leader, don't force this on somebody. Then that person makes decisions on where the party goes and what they're going to do. And as a party, you selected them as your leader. You agreed to follow them. It's like having a captain of a ship. Exactly. I had a campaign where through the party deciding that they were just going to slough all of the good stuff off on one particular character... Um, we had Lord Randy, King of the Giants, who was a half-orc that just continued to be in the wrong place at the wrong time and get promotions because his party would do amazing things and then give him all of the credit. Oh, wow. Now, the, the player did agree to be the leader, and I think that they did a fairly good job for their first crack at it. But the problem was that the party didn't listen to their leader all the time. Uh. That's where it can get into finicky territory, because if you're going to select a leader, then you have... You can talk to the leader, you can try and sway the leader's opinion, 
But if the leader says we are doing X, then guess what? You're going to go climb up that mountain and go find X. Mm-hmm. Which is where I think the decider is a better place for many parties. Because it is a group decision unless you the decider decide. is called upon. Yep. If you can't decide, then you can ask the decider, what's the party doing? You may also want to add the caveat that the decider cannot decide, cannot suddenly come up with plan, you know, why, because you're that far down the alphabet at this point, that no one's ever heard of, and pick it. Unlike the leader. Right. If you do go with the leader option, don't be an asshat about being the leader. Your party will resent you for it. And they will make your life miserable. And if your party has not agreed to have a leader, don't try and be the leader, because they will also resent you for it. <laughs> it's okay to be helpful in those situations, to sometimes be more assertive than some of your other players, because you're going to have people who are anxious, who don't want to speak up, or those that are just fine with going with the flow. The story takes us where the story takes us. And those are all valid ways to play the game. And that's when being a little more assertive isn't a bad thing. But if the party is doing just fine and you keep interjecting with your cockamimi ideas of a plan, then that's going to get your party upset with you. If you don't agree with me, just type in D&D horror stories. You'll find enough. Oh, yes. Everyone always talks about being railroaded by a DM or GM, but it's no fun when you're railroaded by a party member that uh, yep. isn't even supposed to be in charge. <laughs> yep. Railroading's a whole other topic we can get into. We're not going to get into that right now because I could go on a rant. Oh yeah, that's, that's way too long. <laughs> so yeah, if the party is ever finding itself in that situation, the first thing to do is to recognize that it's happening. And it's easier as the game master than it is as a player sometimes. So that makes if you, sense, if you would, you're waiting on the players to figure out what they're going to do. And you've heard the same plan three times. Yeah. And it's like, hey guys, time to make a decision. But when you make that decision, don't just say the plan again. Look at your game master and go, we're going to start doing this. And then... Like, make sure that they're aware that you've stated you want to do that. Because just stating the plan and then looking at your game master, it's like, yes, that's a plan. Are you going to act on it? Yeah, you need to initiate it. Once you've initiated the plan, then the dice get pulled out and the story continues. And if you do go with a leader role, I would discuss with the party their level of power. How much control do you want to give this person? Because your friend Joe might seem like a really level-headed guy, but suddenly you put him in charge of a party of high-level adventurers, and he turns into a murder hobo, and you're chopping down villages and burning down orphanages, and he's cackling maniacally as he's making you do it. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's almost like the players need to figure out a leader, but also the player characters 
because they're often very different things. Which is why I don't recommend picking a leader until you're at least three sessions in. That's good advice. Let the, let the players kind of organically fall into this and see what works. Because in, in many scenarios, you may be able to just figure things out. It's an odd number of people in the party and you know one or two people seem to be good on making the decisions and one or two people are fine sitting in the background you know it all works out the leader and the decider are really only necessary if your party finds itself in a gridlock on a regular basis yeah so a couple things you can do is in all of those is give your party a time limit Sometimes I'll just look at my party when I'm playing an online game and say, hey, you've got three minutes to have a plan. And then I'll get up and go make myself a drink. Yeah, you've had to do that with uh, our our Thursday group a number of times because we're going to sit and overthink everything. Yep. And you're but just like, okay. hey, guys, you are standing literally outside a room full of bad guys. Figure it out. Like, what are you going to do? You can't stand there forever. Worst case scenario, everybody dies. We all roll new characters. And character creation is a ton of fun. It really is. Oh, it is. It is the best. I love it. But I think that's... I think that's about all the advice I can really give on analysis paralysis. If you identify it, snap out of it. And snap the group out of it. I hope this has been helpful to all of our lovely listeners out there. I hope you're having yourselves a wonderful evening. Stay safe. And let's keep rolling. You stole my line. I was going to say that. I'm sorry. <laughs> Bye. Do you want to do the outro? We'll just edit it over? No, it's good. I was honestly right, trying was... to come up with something funny to say at the end. And I was like, oh, I could say just keep rolling. Because, you know, rolling dice. And then you said it. And I was like, what? <laughs> I literally just, that just popped into my brain. Must be connected telepathically. At this point, it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, it really wouldn't.